Welcome to the Ridge University Podcast, a place to listen, learn, and discover tools for living. Now here's your host, Ridge Director of Discipleship, Will Heron. Well, welcome everyone. My name is Will Heron. So glad that you could join us for this short series on neighboring well. We're going to be exploring what it means to love our neighbor as Jesus taught us. And, you know, when I first considered exploring this topic, uh, there's one person that immediately came to mind, and that was Ridge Director of Hospitality, Joni Pine. And Joni's been at the church here for a number of years, uh, not only leads hospitality in the church, but I would say actually embodies what it means to be a loving neighbor. And so naturally, I reached out to Joni and she agreed to jump on the podcast. So Joni, welcome. So good to have you. Thank you so much, Will. Yes, yeah, good you. to have you back in the studio. Yes. Uh, I think the last time we did this, we were recording a Christmas special. We were. I think we were wearing our Christmas sweaters that day. That's so. right. This will be a little less raucous, uh, we <laughs> exactly. promise. Maybe, maybe. No <laughs> promises on my end. <laughs> right. We'll try to be a little more mature this time. Um so, Joni, why don't you just share a little bit about your story, uh, kind of your history at the Ridge, how you mm-hmm. came to be here, yeah. and the role that you're in today. Yeah, um, my husband and I came 20 years ago to the Ridge. Wow. When we were still meeting at the school, and I would say we actually came from a pretty wounded place um, mm. from a previous church, and so um, was just welcomed with this wave of just receiving some healing that we needed uh, through the worship, I mm-hmm. would say. My husband drums on the worship team, and I get to sing on worship team. And then fast forward eight years ago, this position at the time was called Connection, Director of Connection. And I do think that that is one of my gifts. I can I learn about somebody, and then I think of somebody else I know and connect them or um, just make all these connections in my head and um, just loving people. And that's... So I applied with open hands, and here I am eight years later still doing it. So I love it. Yeah, Yeah, it's such a great story. I love that, actually, you know, in the last two and a half years, um, just getting to know people at the Ridge here. And there's some people who have been here for a long time or been here from the very beginning, 25 years ago. Yes. So, yeah, it's cool. Mm -hmm. Great to have you here. So our theme for this series is Neighboring Well. Uh, you know, loving our neighbor as Jesus taught us. And so for you, obviously you're passionate about hospitality, you lead in this way, but why do you think that is kind of central for what it means to love our neighbor well, Mm -hmm. this ministry of hospitality? I think that we are always looking to who Jesus was, right? Mm. And we're trying to emulate him and who we are and how we walk out, even with different gifts. And when you look at Jesus's life, I think he emulated hospitality to a T all the way from looking at someone and saying their name, making Mm. good eye contact. I mean, we can't see that, but when I read the pages, I certainly see that meeting, meeting people where they are. So going to the well, being intentional about lingering longer. I think Jesus also, um, he was available to people that um, needed his availability. And I think being available mm-hmm. and intentional, those are words that I think are always at the top of my mind when I'm thinking about hospitality in any sense of the word is even entering into a staff meeting here. Mm-hmm. I want to be hospitable. I want to look around and see who I, who I have an I seen for a while, who do I want to chat with, who do I want to deepen with, mm-hmm. who needs my, who has questions for me? How can I be available to help? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Can we kind of begin with what I think is a misconception about hospitality? 
think sometimes we can think that really hospitality is for the extroverts. Sure. And I want to just say that and own that because as someone who's naturally more introvert, um, I feel like I've felt like that in the past whereby I just think I'm not this way naturally inclined. God has not like made me this way. And so that's just for other people. Yeah. So I know that this isn't the first time you've heard that or right. the first time you've had a conversation about that. So yeah. for those introverts who are listening, um, how would you respond to that? You think it's good. I think that, um, I think we kind of put this misconception about hospitality, having to be this bubbly, um, extroverted person who, you know, um, just can talk to anybody. And mm. I'll even just say as a high extrovert on a scale of introvert to extrovert, I'm like on the extreme extrovert side, but even approaching somebody I don't know and beginning a conversation is hard for me. And so I know how much harder it is for somebody who is more introverted. Um, I like to use Mike as a wonderful example of an an introvert who practices amazing hospitality because he is available. He's approachable on Sunday mornings. He's intentional. He always is looking out and he, I think, is very prayerful, too, in it. He'll just, God will guide him to somebody who needs a, a conversation that he doesn't know, that he just wants to meet. And it usually leads into an amazing conversation of ministry, really. Mm. And so I think I love to use Mike um, as that example. And he does it Sunday after Sunday after Sunday. And not just Sundays, but when we have other events, he is always signing up to serve and find a spot to just be available and um, and so I think he leads with that. And then I would also use Chuck Weeman as an example too. Chuck is a more introverted yes. um, individual, but I tell you what, he and Julie come together on Sundays and he is out in the foyer and he is available. He's intentional and mm-hmm. he goes deep with people yeah. and, um, and they are using their gift in a different way. And it probably does stretch both of them in a different way than maybe it, maybe it doesn't fill them as, as much maybe as it fills me. Right. Um, it right. maybe drains them a little bit differently, but right. um, I would just say that their, their intentionality and their availability to be used by God is just amazing. And so, I mean, we're, we're talking about the, what it practically, some of practically what it yeah. looks like to be um, that ministry of hospitality what do you think is it that really motivates that kind of heart toward others, really? Um, particularly if you do feel like there's some obstacles of introvert and mm-hmm. that kind of thing. What is it you think that then motivates people even past that? Mm. I think inside the walls of here at the Ridge and our culture here, I think it's knowing that we have a big church and it'd be easy to come and go and be unknown Um, and I think that if you would sit Mike or Chuck or any other introvert who is intentional down, they were probably unknown at one time, maybe Mm. not so Mike, but they were unknown at a time and maybe they have had a story of being known or have had people in their lives where they noticed, had a conversation and, you know, saw these baby steps of people becoming known again Mm. and being connected and taking steps of, um, of involvement and connection. So, I, I think that they take their faith faith personally and are willing to do that outside of their natural gifting, which says right. a lot to me about who, how they feel about Jesus and just the church. Kind of makes me think of, uh, you know, when we're talking about loving our neighbor, 
thinking about when uh, Jesus tells the story of the Samaritan, good Samaritan, and the Jewish man who's, um, you know, injured on the side of the road, and the Levite and the priest, they walk by and they ignore him. Yeah. But uh, the Samaritan, he sees him. He's aware of his need and he meets him in his need. And, you know, when people come in here, Joni, to the ridge, and we've talked about this recently, I mean, people come in a lot of different places, but there are people that come in and they are wounded, you know, in terms of where they are. And I I just feel like this ministry of hospitality, the reason why it is, uh, it's it's not just an extrovert thing. It's right. a follower of Jesus yes. thing. Is that Jesus basically told that story to say what a good neighbor is? Yeah, and it is it is for all of us that were invited into that ministry of meeting people and extend it. Was it easy for the Samaritan to cross mm. the road, right, and step into that, um, and step into the tension that exists between Jews mm-hmm. and and Samaritans? No, there was a lot of obstacles there. Yeah. But that's what a, a loving neighbor does. Yeah. So we're not denying that there's not obstacles in the way of reaching out to others. But right. I think we're saying that Jesus calls us to something bigger. He he does. And if you look at all of his stories, it, he did a lot of things that were not convenient. Mm. Right? I do think that following Jesus, there is this element of acknowledging that um, I might not get all the tasks done on my list today because— Quite frankly, people are more important than the things on my list. Mm. So I will always prioritize people. Um, and somehow it always gets done. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. And eight years later, I know, okay, then those things can also get done next week too, because I was able to have this meaningful conversation with somebody who needed it at that moment. Yep. And I want God to use me in those moments and to be available um, and open to his spirit's promptings in that. Yes. And I think that is part of walking it out with God. Mm-hmm. is saying, okay, God, I want you to show me where you need me today. Mm-hmm. And it may not look like anything that I just wrote down on my list, mm-hmm. um, but where do you need me and where can I build your kingdom? Where yes. can I pour out today? Just thinking even broadly in mm-hmm. our work contexts or home or at school, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, what does that look like? You know, sharing God's heart of uh, people feeling, feeling seen and, and loved. Yeah. I think for me, that looks like major intentionality. So I, I'll just kind of start with the microcosm of staff here. Mm. Um, I am so intentional with new staff because I want them to feel so comfortable quicker because then we can continue to build the kingdom quicker. Mm. But there is a learning time. There is this like space where you don't really know people it is a workplace, but we're a church too. Mm. And so how can we fast forward some of those work things into a relationship and move into a known place? Like I care, yes, about you, Will, but I care about Bridget and the kids mm. and your family and your cat Margot. And, yes. you know, like I, I think I try to just go above and beyond to know people more than just Will Heron, Director of Discipleship. Mm. I want to know a little bit more on your history and where you've been. And Mm. um, so I think that is something that I try to do wherever I go, whenever I meet people is to know people more. And can I just say, I think some of that is, it's an echo of God's heart really um, because in relationship with him, one of the things that we find is that we're known, we're fully known. Yeah. 
and there's something about that, um, even to the fact that the Bible should talk about the number of our hairs in our head are numbered. And yes. there's something about being known that it, it just transforms us. And when we feel like we're not known and we're not seen, um, it's really detrimental to people. And so I think this is one of the really transformative things that hospitality does yes. in loving our neighbor is you're not just an, you know, in a workplace, you're not yeah. just a number, you're not no. just somebody working in a cubicle, like you matter. Yes. But I'm not just saying that just because I'm saying that because there is a God who made you and who loves you and who knows you. Yes. And I want you to know that. Right. You know? Absolutely. And, you know, I, we can't, we don't want to be inauthentic in that. And I think there can be this very fine line. And I do a lot of teaching on, on the hospitality team. Be authentically who you are. Don't, mm. when it gets to be pushed or forced or forcing a smile, people can read that from a mile away. Mm-hmm. Be authentic to who you are and people will see that. And and new people do notice that, that we are authentically who we are. We are trying to roll out the red carpet for guests. We want people to feel at home quicker because the quicker they feel at home, I often say that um, people might feel belong before they believe. Mm-hmm. And that's my prayer if, yeah. in hospitality is there would be people that maybe don't even have a saving relationship with Jesus that would come. They would feel at home and they would feel belonging. And then maybe they would cross that point and follow Jesus as their Lord and Savior. So that is my heart is that they would just feel like Norm and they would come and we might not know their name, but they would feel like we do. Yes. And just say, hey, we're so glad you're here today. Welcome. Yes. Yeah. There's one other thing that we've talked about, Joni, which is whether we're, we're you know, we're filled up really mm. to pour out. Yes. Because that really matters in terms of how we show up with others. Yeah. Um, whether we're, we actually have anything to give. Can you just expand a bit yeah. on that, what that looks like? Yeah. I feel like this is maybe the number one thing I talk to women in my Bible study about or even my mentee everyone I know is has something going on in their life. And if we are not tending to that and we are not caring for ourselves and, and knowing um, those basic things that fill you up, like for me, I'm in the word every day. And if I don't have that, I do not have much to give. I just mm-hmm. don't. Um, worship is another one of those things that I, I kind of have a pretty big hedge around that I, I am in service even though I work on Sunday mornings and that's my role, I'm sitting in service, worshiping one one service at least. Mm. That is something I've never hedged on in eight years. And I it's so important for my own filling of soul mm. and my own worship with the Lord. Um, and for me also, I would say um, Sabbath rest is mm. one of those practices that has really taught me, I don't even know how I lived without it before, but now my body starts to anticipate it. Um, It's like Sunday afternoon, I begin my Sabbath rest. Mm. And I just think that discipline and that um, those things, it sounds so negative, but those practices really are the ones, things that fill me up to be able to pour out. Mm. If we are not full ourselves, we have nothing left to give. Joni, can we just finish uh, this episode by just revisiting maybe some of your story. Um, I just think so often what's most powerful is our own testimony yeah. of when we're encouraging somebody yeah. to walk in in the way of Jesus in a particular yeah. way. 
our own experience is really important. And so for you, what impact has hospitality had yeah. on your life? You know, I look back when we first started coming to the Ridge, we were coming from a really broken place from church. We had, um, it's a very long story, but we were, I was very wounded and I was very young. I was, uh, 22, 23. Mm-hmm. And, um, we, we were invited by friends who went at the time at the church, they had one drummer for like, right. you know, the whole worship team. Yeah. And um, so, cause we were much smaller and we were meeting back at the school and our friends had shared that we both were musical and that we were coming to check it out. And so we come and I can just tell you how much the worship was just a, wave of healing for me just that Sunday to come and worship and be in a place that felt so healthy, I guess, and very Mm -hmm. authentic. And, and then right after the service, we were like surrounded by worship team and, um, people who had known we were coming, we were much smaller then, but you know, they asked Derek right away, will you, you, can you play drums next week? Right. Yeah. (laughs) And, um, without knowing us, like I, and and granted we had known these other people who were here, but, Mm. um, we were invited personally right away and Mm. we had nothing going on that next Sunday. So Derek said, sure. And, um, he played the drums the next six weeks straight. (laughs) I think Tom was ready for a break (laughs) (laughs) after two years of being the only drummer. So he took, he took a much, um, deserved rest there and Derek drummed and was just kind of grafted in right away Mm -hmm. on worship team. And I shortly thereafter, um, joined the worship team and it was invitation after invitation Mm. to groups, to Bible studies. And we were in like in a very short amount of time because of the personal asks. Mm. And so I think when I look back at that, I, I understand also the, we have grown a ton since then. And I wish that that could happen every Sunday, mm. but I do think we all have a responsibility to look out whether you're new at the Ridge or whether you've been going there for 20 years like us and to look for people we don't know. And just to say, hi, I'm Joni. I don't believe we've met. Mm. And, um, Maybe an invitation is not appropriate in that first conversation. However, I think we wait longer than maybe we should to mm-hmm. invite um, into joining a team with you or, hey, this is when my Bible study meets. Or I think personal invitations go farther than anything else. I love that. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I think when I think of loving our neighbor in this way, it's almost like loving them enough to be a bridge for them yes. into community yeah, and a bridge into potentially stepping into what God has made them to do. Yeah. Then you're the avenue for that. Yeah. And that's the best way that you can love them in that moment. Yeah. And those people loved you in that way that yeah. actually what's really beautiful about it is for you guys coming from a really wounded place. It was the fact that people loved you yes, in that way that, you know, paved the the path for healing for you guys. It did. So, yeah, I, man, there's just so much that's good there. And it's amazing to know that God has called us into that potential, Mm -hmm. that we have the potential in him to be that for others. Yeah. That's why this ministry of loving your neighbor is so important. And probably why Jesus was like, Uh, guys, this is really important. <laughs> <laughs> really important and really the Great Commission. Yeah, right? right. That's all. That's what it is. We're supposed to find the lost people, love them, 
Tell mm. them about him. And that's it. We complicate it, don't we? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Will. And thank you for listening. If you're encouraged by what you're hearing on our podcast, why not consider sharing it with a friend or family member? Uh, just remember to check out other series in our podcast feed. It's uh, just designed to equip you in your walk with Jesus in your day-to-day. So thanks again for listening. Thanks so much for joining us today. If you are interested in finding ways to live out your faith, why not head to our church website, ridgelife.org. There, you'll find opportunities to serve in the church and in our local community. You'll also discover ways to get involved in community groups. One of the best ways to find support and encouragement as you seek to live out what you're learning from the Bible. Head to ridgelife.org for more details.